Um, I really enjoyed this article. Um, I liked how they call it critical windows. Uh, so like it's a wind, we have a wind, the way I look at it is we have a window of opportunity with, with these kids and with these pregnant mamas uh, and even before pregnancy. Um, and what they're talking about is perinatal trauma, epigenetics, and chronic pain. And I, I, I'm, some of the things I'm not exactly, I don't go along with in this article uh, about some of their treatment uh, protocols for it. But I do like some of the thought process and how they're talking about epigenetics uh, because if you really think about what's really happening with a lot of these kids today, this is a, you probably, I don't know if you've ever seen this particular diagram before. Um, uh, I've showed it in other classes. But essentially, like if you know Maslow's like hierarchy, right? It's kind of, it has some similarities to Maslow's hierarchy, uh, this triangle that they call the ACE pyramid. Um, and but the thing I really like about this particular version of this is that uh, the, the, usually the adverse uh, ACEs ex, uh, experiences uh, pyramids ends or like has the bottom base as adverse childhood experiences. This actually puts stuff below it. This takes social conditions, social con uh, local context, generational embodiment and historical trauma under consideration because that now we're talking epigenetics, right? Because if you're just thinking of the child experiences, then you're just thinking what's happened to that kid, but what's happened to the people before? What happened to the mom, the dad, the grandparents, etc. And we know this from so many different studies uh, that show, like there's a very famous study that shows uh, uh, not just the children, but the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors have a lot of eating disorders because their parents were starved during the Holocaust and and that is transmitted all the way through several generations afterwards, right? So we know that there's, the, there's the, a generational trauma, there's a historic trauma that's going on in a lot of our population. And then you add the average childhood experiences. But the thing that I think is so important for us as chiropractors to understand is what's, what's right above average childhood experiences. Disrupted neural development, right? This isn't a chiropractic pyramid, right? This is, this is a, a public health medically designed pyramid. And what they're saying is if they have any of these epigenetic or child, adverse child experience issues, you're going to change how the brain and nerve system work. That is huge. That is huge. And why it's huge is because when you're talking to other healthcare professionals, uh, and like I'm, as example, I'm interviewing for a, a position in my office and um, a lot of the interviewees, I asked them to go on my website to look at it and they're like, I didn't realize that you guys could take care of kids. I thought chiropractic was all back pain and neck pain and headaches and whiplash and sports injuries. I'm like, well, yeah, it is, but that's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we do. What we do is we are working on the brain and the nurse system and making sure that the brain and the nurse system are working the way they're supposed to and connecting the disconnected kids that are out there. And they're all like, wow, I never heard of that. And these are, these are even people who are in the, the studying allied health fields, right? Saying, I, I, some of this morning saying, you know, I'm, I just went through, you know, four years of studying in an allied health field and they never mentioned this about chiropractic. They only mentioned you guys are, you know, back pain, neck pain, headache, whiplash, sports injury, fixer-uppers, and that's it. 
They never even mentioned ever that you took care of kids. And they never mentioned ever that you had anything to do with the nerve system. You just, you know, push bones, right? But what this diagram is showing us is that, the, the, like, that's where we live. And there's no denying it unless you want to be, like, unless you're stuck in, and what isn't wrong or bad, but unless you're stuck in, I am a bone pusher, and that's, you know, a, a spine cracker, and that's where, that's your place, then it's harder to understand. But to me, this, this shows, like, because if you see the change there, disrupted neurodevelopment, that leads to social, emotional, cognitive impairment, which leads to potential adoption and healthy risk uh, behaviors, disease, disability, social problems, and early death. So what this is saying is that these epigenetic and average child experiences actually can have people die earlier. And as we talked about a few weeks ago in this very class, the United States of America is the only country in the world, in the top industrialized countries in the world, it is the only country that is actually seeing its life expectancy still lower after the bump that everybody else saw with the pandemic. So everybody else saw the bump in the pandemic, life expectancy went down that year, as would it be expected, but everybody else, everybody else, 100% of the countries went up except for us in the top industrialized countries in the world. Because we are not concerning ourselves about this, and I'd like to, to posit that there is something that they're missing here where it says social, emotional, and cognitive impairment. <clears throat> I would like to add that it's also uh, uh, sensory and motor impairments. Sensory and motor impairments is missing on this particular diagram. And then we go into the actual critical window um, article. It talks about this. It talks about, is the picture uh, from the article that says, uh, maternal stress, substance use, malnourishment, environmental disasters, intimate partner violence can create epigenetic changes which disrupt development and metabolic processes, which change immune development, which change the HPA access. That will create potentially a low birth weight infant, a smaller brain volume, your muscular changes. And it'll affect in the child, adolescent, adult, metabolic disruption, diabetes, cardiac conditions, mental health problems, risk for chronic pain. Once again, I think they're missing something, right? I think when you, when you don't come from a chiropractic perspective, you miss things, right? And what I think this is missing is it's not just the mom, right? This is not just a thing that says it was happening to the mom, A, you know, while she's pregnant or B, when she first has the baby. This is not just the mom thing. This is a whoever the partner is thing also. Right? So I think everything needs to be involved. And our job as a chiropractor is, if, if you think about it, if people are coming in when they're pregnant and this is what they're experiencing, the maternal stress, the malnourishment, disasters, all this kind of stuff, if they're experiencing this stuff, we can't change a lot of the stuff that's happening to them, but we can change how their nerve system is responding to it. Right? So we can't change the environmental disasters. There's a wildfire that's happening in Canada right now. It is blowing through the Northeast right now. My, you know, we have I have friends, and my son is up there in, in Washington, D.C., and it's like it's yellow skies. You know, he's at a seminar. It's yellow skies, and it's like hard to breathe, you know, out there. So we know that there, we can't stop that, right? There's going to be wildfires. There's going to be all these different things. But what we can do is make sure those people are getting adjusted. 
and make sure their, their brain and nerve systems and immune systems are able to fight it as best as we can, right? <clears throat> but we can do, when a baby is born with these low birth weight, smaller brain volumes, neuromuscular changes, we can adjust them. And we can see these kids who come in and they are having trouble learning how to walk and learning how to talk and that kind of stuff. And then we can see their brains change because we are going back to this other figure here and we're changing their disrupted neurodevelopment. And if you could think about this, <clears throat> if you could think about this, like imagine you're like plugging in like all these different pieces to a computer and you're plugging this USB thing and this power cord thing and you have all these different things that are not plugged in the right places. And what we do is we plug everything in the right place. So this one person interviewee this morning was like, well, how do you help these kids? And I'm like, what we do is we, she said, like, do you fix these kids? I'm like, no, there's, my goal isn't to fix anything or anybody. My goal is to maximize their potential. Whoever that person is with whatever it is that they're dealing with is to make that person be the best that they can be with whatever limitations that happens to be. So she's like, well, to kids with autism who aren't speaking, do they start speaking? I don't know. My job isn't to get them to speak. My job is to open them up, open up their nerve system, open up their brains. So we'll see kids who are closed down and are now open. We'll see kids with their, well, I take pictures on their first visit on purpose because not just I want to see their eyes, but I want to see their face. And I'll see their face looking kind of angry, sullen, hostile. And then we'll take a picture at a first or second re-exam and we'll see their eyes are open and their picularis oculi changes and the, the uh, uh, muscles around the mouth changing, oh, the picularis um, around the mouth changes. And it's amazing to watch the, the changes that are there, not just, not just in, the, in their social abilities, but in the way their face expresses themselves. Because the face is the window, right? Right? If you think about the polyvagal theory we talked about a few weeks ago, the face right, is the window to social engagement. So if you're socially disengaged, right? but if you're socially engaged, now your eyes are bright, right? your eyes are wider open, your mouth has a little bit of a smile to it. When you walk in, you don't just walk in like this. Right? You walk in and you, you recognize and you socialize. And that's the, that's to me is the thing that we see with these kids um, <clears throat> is, is we watch these changes and it's magnificent. So my suggestion to you when you think about this article is to think about how that disrupted neurodevelopment and where we are in this and how we can change everything above that, right? We can help, we can help be the change agents in this. And maybe adjusting this kid today will help them live longer, give them a few extra years. Maybe adjusting them will help them have less disease and quote-unquote disability and social problems. Right? And it's undefined. Like We can't define it and say, this is what will happen. But we can say, wouldn't it be better? Like Reggie Gold, one of my favorite, favorite chiropractors, used to always say, it is far better off to be without a subluxation than you are with one. It's far better off to be without a subluxation than you are with one, right? 